church trying to do a work for the Lord. We're just trying to do a work for the Lord. And one of the things I've been asking myself with when you're doing the work of the Lord is what has he asked you to do? And I'm pointing that at myself today. What is he asking you to do? That's what I'm talking about today. What is he asking you to do? And I want us to start this scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're actually going to be talking a little bit about David and his life in the upcoming months. We've kind of kind of moving away from Acts now. We've been on there for a while. But I'm going to be moving into Samuel and the life of David very, very soon. If you remember, a few months ago we, we took the life of David all the way up to the prophet Samuel. We took up that book all the way to the prophet Samuel and we stopped there. And we're actually going to pick up with the prophet Samuel and Saul and David in a few weeks time here. But before we get there, we're going to talk about this idea of the anointing and what the Lord is asking you to do. And when I say you, please understand what I'm saying is me. What is the Lord asking you? And I'm saying that to myself. What is the Lord asking me to Every time I say it to you, please understand that since at least Tuesday, I've been saying this to myself. What is the Lord asking you, Mark Downey, to do? And if he's asking me, he's also asking you. And I'm asking you to be open to what I'm about to say because he may have already told you and you just haven't realized it. And I'm here to encourage you and say it's not too late to do what he's asked you to do. It's not too late. It's, it's actually almost never too late as long as you have breath in your body. The question is, what has he asked me to do? And how do I know he's asked me to do it? Right? right? Hopefully today we get to look at those questions and indeed answer them for yourselves. Amen. So we start with 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. And we're going to start at the, the second verse. Could you, could you start us there at the second yes. verse, please? And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear me, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with me and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Okay, I've started that with not looking at the first two verses. But what's important to realize here is that they, Israel has a king that they asked for, the wrong king. Right? And Samuel and the Lord have been speaking together and they've realized that Samuel, Saul is the wrong person. And in fact, Saul has just shown he's the wrong person by not doing what the Lord told him to do. He is clearly a man full of self-will and self-desire. And even though the people selected him as the best they had to offer, they had found the wrong things that are needed for a king. The first thing you needed in a leader is an obedience to God. That's the first thing you need in a leader. Obedience to God. As long as you're obeying him, everything else will figure out. Yes. But if you're not obeying God, I can't help you. When you're a spiritual people, you need a spiritual leader. I don't need a good-looking leader. I don't need a fancy-speaking leader. I need a spiritual leader to lead spiritual people. If I'm going to come with the people that need God, I need a leader that needs God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's how it starts with leadership. Thank you, Jesus. But here, Samuel is saying to the Lord, Lord, you've sent me to go anoint another king, but the current king, if he finds out what I'm about to do, he will kill me. The Lord says, don't, don't, don't make it obvious what I'm about to do. I'm, I'm, I still need you, Samuel. So when you're going to go find Jesse, I want you to go down to where Jesse is and go find somebody that will be the king 
let's actually just keep reading. Let's let the keep verse four. Verse four. And Samuel did which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peace? Now, now Samuel's a prophet. We've talked about his anointing that was on Samuel. We talked about that. You remember how Samuel grew up in the temple? He was he was near the altar the whole time and being fine. Why? Because the anointing, the selection of God on Samuel was so strong right from the very beginning. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? And so when they see Samuel coming, they kind of get scared. They assume something bad is happening. Right? right? That's why Samuel was kind of worried about how he was going to get away with anointing David without Saul finding out. Everybody knows who Samuel is. Everybody knows he's anointing. Everybody knows that he's connected to God. So whatever he's going to do is going to be important to God. Yes, sir. Let's keep reading. And he said, peaceably, verse 5, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. Right. So, so he has a target. Right. He's gone down to Bethlehem. He's gone down to see Jesse. Jesse has eight sons. And he, he, he doesn't necessarily know he's got eight sons, but he knows Jesse has sons. And he needs to go see them and see which one of them yes, the Lord has anointed to be king. Keep reading. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eli and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Verse 7, important verse. Keep reading here. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his continent or on his height of his stature. Because, because I have refused him. Yes. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh this on the heart. This is so important. God is selecting people, not based on what you look like, not based on your attributes, not your attributes. So first of all, get it out of your mind that what we are doing here is important because it looks important. Get that out of your mind right now. If that's not what the Lord is, the Lord is not looking for a thousand people for this to be genuinely the house of the Lord. Get that out of your mind straight away. Don't look at how tall he is. The Lord is telling Samuel, don't look at how good looking he is. That's not what I've sent you to go look for. You've already got Saul. Saul was good looking, tall, a man of valor, strong, all those things. You've got that already. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody with a particular kind of heart who will be a particular kind of servant for me. Don't look on the outside. We sometimes get so caught up looking at what it looks like that we don't spend enough time looking about what it actually is. If there's one thing we should pray for is a kind of a spirit of discernment to see what is in the heart of the thing rather than what the thing is itself. Don't worry about what people look like when they come in here. Don't look for a particular kind of people. Don't look for those ones who have, can I be frank? Don't look for those ones who've got dresses on down to their ankles. Don't, don't look for those. Look for those who look like they tore up from the floor up. The Lord looks at the heart. Don't worry about the rest of the part. Don't look for people who look like us, who sound like us. 
That may be not what the Lord is looking for. Be open to the idea that the Lord is right and you are just dead wrong. Listen to your listen to the Holy Spirit speaking within you. What is it telling you about the people you're meeting? Thank you, Jesus. Don't look at the outside. Ask the Lord to show you something in their speech. Ask the Lord to show you something in their heart. Ask the Lord to direct you correctly so you can connect to people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Keep reading. Then, verse 8, Jesse called Abinadab and him, made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shalom to pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this. No, we've gone through wow. now his three eldest sons. Yes. We find out later when there's a fight to happen with the Philistines a couple of chapters from now. Mm -hmm. His three oldest sons go. So what he's looked at are the ones that are that look the part that are old enough to fight. Looks the part. Absolutely looks the part. And if Samuel was using his own senses, he would have picked one of those three. He would have stopped right there and picked one of those three. But you know what he would have picked? He would have picked another soul. The second king of Israel would have been another soul if Samuel's own mind had been playing, had been deciding what is going on. We have to let the Holy Spirit move yes. us yes. in order to connect with the people that the Holy Spirit is calling. Thank you, Jesus. Don't worry about who I would call. Yes, sir. It's true. Thank you, Jesus. Worry about who the Holy Spirit is calling. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's keep going. Amen. Again, Jesse made seven of the sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. So let me just, what I think happened here, after they all passed through, Jesse again made all his sons pass in front of Samuel. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just in case he somehow had missed it. Yes, sir. But the Lord said, no, 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 that's not these. It's not these that I want. Thank you, Jesus. So he got to the point where he's passed through again. So Samuel says, you must, the Lord is telling me something. You're showing me something. And the Lord is telling me something different. So, so you must have another son. Let's keep reading. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? You would think that would have been an assumption that he would have just made. You've just shown me seven. You've just shown me seven again. And he says, wait a minute, something is off. Because the Lord is saying this, and you're just showing me this. Is this all you have? Is this all you have? Keep reading. And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, who will not sit down until he come hither. Right. So here, got to the heart of it here now. We've realized that we haven't seen all the children. We haven't seen. We're missing one. We're missing one. And what is the one doing? The menial task. The youngest always gets the tasks that nobody else will do. <laughs> from, the, from the oldest to the youngest, they're going to push the, the, the first child will push it to the second, the second child will push it to the third, third child will push it to the fourth, fifth, sixth, until you finally, and the eighth is sitting there having to do whatever all the other seven will not do. And what won't they do? They won't look after the sheep. Because that means you have to sit out in the wilderness with them being bored out of your mind, waiting for, only thing you're waiting for is danger. Right. 
to protect the sheep against. It must be the worst job. But he's out there tending sheep. Let's keep going. Verse 12. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready and withal, withal of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look at. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him. For this is he. Now, exactly, this is what Samuel was waiting for. This is he. You've called the, this is the one that I've been waiting for. This is the one that I've selected. All the others looked fine to you, but this is the one. This is the one. Verse 13. Then, sorry, I'll just read this one. Yes, then Samuel took the horn of oil yes. and anointed him in the midst of the breath, his brethren. Mm -hmm. And look what happened. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Let's just stop in the story right there for a second. Because they still don't know. They know that somebody got anointed by the prophet, which is an important moment. But they don't know why David is anointed. David is anointed, but no one but Samuel and God knows why. No one but Samuel and the Lord knows why. So what do you think David does after he's anointed? What do you think he does the next moment? He goes straight back to those sheep. Doesn't even mention it. But I guarantee you this anointed man who has been given the spirit of the Lord goes back and takes care of the sheep. He goes straight back to the sheep. He's not, he's not heading to the palace. He is taking care of what is his job wow. at that moment. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord has anointed all of you with gifts already. The fact that it's just five of us here is irrelevant. He's given you what you need right now. And he's looking at you and saying, I'm setting you on the path. And you have been given this anointing. And it's okay to just do the work that you need to do right now. Until I called you into that higher place and that higher office. He's not going to bring you into this higher office with none of the anointing and wait for the anointing to catch up with you. He's given it to you already. You are prepared. You have everything you need to do what the Lord has said. Thank you, Jesus. I go back to this idea I said at the beginning, what has the Lord asked you to do? The question really is, what has he given you already? The question is, he's already answered your question by what he's given you. What has he asked you to do? What has he given you? Are you great on the drums? <laughs> That's what he's given you. Thank you. Can you sing? That's what he's given you. You want to know what the Lord has asked you to do? Look at what he's given you. Thank you, Jesus. We somehow, sometimes we sometimes look and we're trying to figure out how we can wait for our anointing to come for a job that we imagine the Lord has given us. The truth is, he's given you the, the, the tools you need right now to do the job he's looked at you for you in the future. He's given it you already. So you've got to look at your talent and say, Lord, what, how, how can I use this now? You've got to look for every avenue. Let's keep reading, actually. Let's keep going. See how David's starting to come out. Remember at this point, the verse says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon 
David from that day forward. That's important to remember as we read the next few verses. Thank you, Jesus. Let's keep reading verse 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, yep. and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Right. He started to lose his anointing. Yep. Saul's servants said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp, and it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand. He, sh he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. Right. And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. So let me just summarize that really quickly. Right, sir. Remember, Saul. Even though Saul wasn't the one God would have chosen, we spoke about this before, even though Saul wasn't the one that God would have chosen, the Lord gave him the tools to do the job anyway. Right? right? The Lord gave him a blessing and said, okay, this is who you've chosen. I'm going to bless him even though he wasn't the one I would have chosen for you. As soon as the Lord has picked somebody else, however, the one that he wants, the anointing that he did give to Saul came up off him. Yes, right? Yes. Because it's right where it should have been in yes. the first place. Okay? okay? So instead of it being with Saul now, it's properly where it should be with David. The problem with this now is that there is a gap missing where the spirit should have been. And instead of the Holy Spirit being there, you have some other spirit who comes in. And apparently Saul's character is such that he lets that spirit come and trouble him in a way that is negative to his people. Yes, sir. So they say, let's find some way to comfort Saul, to calm him down when he goes through these rages where the spirit is troubling him. Let's keep reading. 18, then answered one of the servants and said, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethmanite, which is, that is cunning in playing and a mighty violent, violent man and a man of war and prudent in manners and comely person. And the Lord is with him. Now look. Now look. See what happened here? The anointing came on David. And somebody recognized that anointing. As they were passing him by. They recognized the anointing that was on David. They recognized something about the way he was playing his instrument. They recognized something about him in his character. They recognized something about the way in the way he held himself, yes, yes. that this was an anointed man and that Saul could use his help. Yes, sir. The truth is, the difference that they saw was the Holy Spirit in That's David that was now missing from Saul. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That spirit of God that was anointing Saul, they say something's missing, we've got to fill this gap. Let's go find something. And they see David who actually has that same anointing that Saul had before. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They rightly identify an anointing that is on Saul, Amen. under David. Yes, Thank you, yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wherefore Saul, mm -hmm. let's keep reading, please. Wherefore, Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid, and sent them to David, his son, unto Saul. We have to realize that every job we are give, being given, every responsibility we have, no matter how small we think, is a rehearsal for something the Lord is getting you ready for in the future. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
when you don't do the job that is in front of you, how can he possibly trust you for the job that's in front of you? If David wasn't faithfully looking after sheep, how would he, anybody have ever heard him play the lute? If David wasn't faithfully playing for Saul, how would he have ever had the chance to become, to kill Goliath? If David hadn't killed Goliath, how would he have the chance to kill, to become the king? No one is going to take us, put a thousand people in here, and say worship together and take care of them. It's not going to happen like that. Amen. We are going to look after this with all the care, Hallelujah. love, anointing we Hallelujah. can muster. Thank you, Jesus. And then when one person comes in, we're going to take it and we're going to move our goalposts just one part, one little part more. But there's not going to be a thousand. We're not going to be kings yet. We're going to be looking after the sheep first. Then maybe, maybe the king will see something and send a music, send us to be a musician somewhere. Like, but the anointing is here already. Make no mistake about that part. Don't look for it somewhere else. It's here. And if you don't find it here, you won't find it anywhere else. Because the Lord has given it to you now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't worry about what, what it looks like. Samuel would have picked the wrong person seven times over had it been in his mind what it looked like. And Samuel was the most anointed out of all of these people. We told you how powerful Samuel is. How anointed and wise he was. But he would have missed it. That's why these moments are our acts of faith. Hallelujah. These moments that we have here are acts of faith. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's uh, let's go to um, let's go to Matthew. Let's turn to Matthew. In fact, before we go to Matthew, let's go to uh, chapter seventeen and verse thirty-one. So. This is, this is just to be clear, um, what has happened is David's been promoted, he's now a musician for Saul, and the Philistines, the, the, the foil of the Israelites, the, the enemy of the Israelites, the historical enemy of the Israelites is the Philistines, and they've decided to wage war against Israel. And what we find out is that a particular champion amongst the Philistines has challenged Israel. You know him as Goliath, everybody understands and knows who Goliath is. Goliath is. This champion of the Philistines challenges, and everybody's scared of Goliath. Everybody's scared of Goliath. Why? Because he's massive. By all accounts, over nine feet tall. An incredible, an incredible human being. By any standards, that would be frightening to see. Yes, sir. Right? A man challenging the Israelite army of that type of stature. Thank you, Lord. And so David hears that this man is challenging the children of Israel. And frankly, he's unimpressed because at this point, the spirit of the Lord is upon him. Yes. So he's not, he's not like he himself is really that strong, but he's saying, I understand that there is a power here that is great. We are an anointed people and there is an enemy at the door, but you have to understand that we are on the Lord's side. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Uh, verse 31, let's keep reading this, sir. And when the words were heard, which David spake, and rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistines to fight with them. Fight with them, for thou art a youth. Okay, keep going. And be a man of war from his youth. Mm -hmm. So let's just be clear here. <laughs> Saul, Saul's telling David, you, you can't do what you've done. Saul doesn't know David's anointed at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. yes, sir. Yes, sir. He, he's not able to recognize that. None of them, very few of them are able to recognize the scope yes. of his anointing. Mm -hmm. yes, sir. So as far as they're concerned, he's a musician to them. Yes, and that is true. He is a musician, but his anointing is going to allow him to be so much more than what he is doing right now. Thank you, Jesus. And that's the same for us. What you are doing today is what you are doing today, but it's not necessarily what you will be doing always. And just because people can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Just because people can't see who you are destined to be, and in fact, just because you can't see who you're destined to be, David still at this point doesn't know he's destined to become king. Doesn't know it. He's just working under the anointing in whatever capacity he's been given. Are you going to look after sheep? I'll fight for the sheep. You want me to play? I'll play and drive a spirit away. Oh, somebody's going to try to challenge us? I'm here to fight. Your anointing will naturally push you in the direction of your anointing. You won't be able to help it. Amen. You won't be able to stop it because you are being pushed in that direction. Is it a burden to you in your heart? What you're thinking about, what you're trying to do, is it a burden for you that you can't let go of, that you cherish and, and nurture? That's how you know what your anointing is. Thank you, Jesus. You understand what your burden is. Let's keep going. Verse 35. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Now let me just clear. I like to believe that this happened after his anointing. Because let's just be clear about what he did. A bear or some kind of lion and a bear came in amongst his sheep, literally grabbed one with its teeth and took off with it. David says, I went out after him. <laughs> and the scripture says, and smote him, and what? And delivered it out of his mouth. He literally took the lamb, the sheep, out of the mouth of a bear and a lion. Keep reading. And he arose against me. The lion, the lion of the bear apparently got upset with him taking back his sheep. And did what? And I caught him by his beard. And he caught him. By whatever whatever hair is on the chin of the bear and the and the lion, yes, sir. and what? And smote him, and slew him. This man literally beat a bear, and he's standing here saying, "My anointing when I was a shepherd means I can beat this guy." And I'm saying, don't wait to exercise your anointing when the battle is here. Amen. 
Exercise it now. Amen. If you're a singer, sing with everything you've got. Amen. Don't wait for it to be a choir for you to decide, now I'm going to give it everything I've got. No! When there's four of us here, give it everything you've got. When there's five of us here, when there's just two of us because the others are away, give it everything. Let your anointing shine. Let it come through with whatever you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. Don't give a half effort because you're thinking it's not quite up to you. Oh, that's nothing. I'm not going to worry about that. No, David let his anointing shine through when he was looking at the sheep. Not even the people of God were involved yet. The sheep of his father. And he said, let my anointing come through. I'm going to grab this lion by its beard. And I'm going to punch it right in the face. I'm going to take back what's mine. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't wait for your, to exercise your anointing. Do it now. Thank you, Jesus. Now is the time. You can encourage somebody, do it now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, um, let's change direction. Let's go to Matthew 25. Thank you, Jesus. Then I'm going to take my seat. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 25. And we're going to start at uh, the four, 14th verse. And again, if you can help me. Yes, sir. Help. Great. Four. The kingdom of heaven. Sorry, Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse 14. Thank you, Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Right. And unto one he gave five talents. Yep. To another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightforward took his journey. Okay. So this is the... The, the classic parable. We know we've been taught this repeatedly, and it's a good one. It's a great one. It's the idea of this power of this this talent being given out to these three three servants. One gets five, another gets two, and another gets one. Right? We don't know if they're the same kinds of things. We don't know. We just know that one gets five, another gets two, and another gets one. Let's keep going. Verse sixteen. Then he. Okay, sorry, let me just before you keep going. Yes, I just need to be something clear. As soon as he finished giving it out, he took off straight away. So the scripture says, and straightway took his journey. That means there was no great detailed instructions about what you're supposed to do. He gave five, he gave two, he gave one, and left. Straightway, straightway, here. There is an expectation when you get your talent. That there is enough information in the talent for you to do what you're supposed to do. Don't. We ask a lot of questions about the Lord, what am I supposed to do? And I do the same thing. I was doing it. The reason why I'm preaching this is because I was just doing it on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday, I was just doing the same thing. And I says, Lord, what am I supposed to be doing? And the response was, What have I given you? The response was, what have I given you? Not, not who is here. What have I put in your heart? Right? You know exactly what you're supposed to do because you know exactly what you've been given. David, in every single instance of what he was doing, knew exactly what to do because he was given an anointing and it was just waiting for the opportunity to, to show itself and manifest itself. 
there is an expectation. He's not going to sit here, give you all the tools, and then ask you with every step to do what's supposed to be done with those tools. Because if that were the case, he may as well have done it himself. Let's keep reading. I'm almost finished. Then he that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Right. And likewise, he that received two, two, he also gained another two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his, his Lord's, Lord's money. money. Hid his Lord's money. So his one Lord. who had the one hid it. Just put it in the ground. Just didn't do anything with it. Just sat on it. Just put it somewhere safe. Didn't break it. Didn't lose it. Just put it in the ground and waited. Just put it in the ground and waited. Let's keep going. 19. After a long time, the Lord of the servants cometh and reckoned with him. And so he that had received five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained so each of those coins that he handed over to this man, he was able to account for every single one and make sure that every single one of those individual things that was given was producing something. The five, the guy with the five didn't say, I've made these two work and so you should be okay with me giving you two. He wanted every single one of those coins, every single one of those talents to work for the Lord. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He wants to make sure that he had done all he could do with every single one of those. Okay. Yes, Which means you have a responsibility to every single thing that the Lord has given you in order to produce something with it. If you do four out of the five, you're failing the Lord. You have to be engaged with what the Lord has given you in such a way that you know what you're going to give back to him. Thank you, Jesus. Let's keep going. 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done. Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. So it's clear here that what he was intending to give them was never the talents, just to stick with the talents. He gave them that as almost a testing ground to see where they're going. So whatever small thing you're given now, don't worry about how small it is. Because there's something greater waiting for you after you've completed your task with that. But there's no sense looking at the greater task if you can't handle what the Lord has given you with small responsibility that he's given you there. Why would he give you more if you've never worked with what he gave you in the first place? Why would he give you more responsibility if that's... The truth is, what we are today is what we can handle. The Lord, when he's ready, will give us more. Don't worry about it. The only thing you've got to worry about is, am I exercising the talents that the Lord has given me? Have I done everything I'm capable of? Has the talents he's put in me been exercised in a way that gives him glory and honor that when he comes back he says, Thou art been a good and faithful servant. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's keep going. 22. And he also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest 
delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Same idea. Yep. Make thee a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which received the one talent. And the verse 24, this one's important. Then he which received the one talent, keep going. And came and said, Lord, I knew thee, but thou art a hard man, weeping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strewed. And I was afraid. Stop there. Right, we get into the heart of it now. Right, <laughs> Instead of looking at the talent, mm -hmm. he was looking somewhere else. Right, Instead of looking at what he was given, he was looking at something else. Remember, the Lord is gone. He didn't hang around. He didn't tell them anything. He didn't tell them not to do anything. He, he took off. But yet he's imagining what the Lord is when he's not there. Mm -hmm. yes, sir. And the most important thing I think he said is, I was afraid. I was afraid. And I think this is the thing that destroys more talents than anything. This is the thing that stops more anointing than anything. This idea of being afraid. This idea of being fearful. This idea of looking at what you have to do and thinking you're not up to the task. The point here is the Lord gave you enough to do what you needed to do. The Lord has given you a talent and I'm asking you, do not be afraid of what that talent, about what your anointing is. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let people put you in a box that eliminates some of your talents. Thank you, Jesus. If you can sing, sing. If you can sing and play. If you can learn to play. Learn to play. If, yeah? If you can figure something out and put something together, do it. We'll figure out if it works or not. Do it. Thank you, Jesus. If you can put together a flyer and make it look good, do it. If you can, if you can play six instruments over in that corner, do it. Don't let your limitations be set by fear. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. That is, honestly, fear is the exact opposite of what we need. We need boldness. We need faith. We need hope. We don't need fear. Push it out. Reject it. If, look, I will support our efforts as long as it glorifies God. That's it. I'll support it. Just let it glorify God. Let there be a point in God's glory. Let's just see where it goes into glorify God. And if it doesn't work, we'll try something else. It's as simple as that. We'll try some, that. We tried that for a moment. Didn't work. Maybe we'll come back to it later. But whatever we do, we do to the glory of God. Hallelujah. We do to make sure his kingdom is here now. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I was afraid. We've got to drive the spirit of fear out. Can't help me from... Can you imagine if David was afraid? What he would have done? He wouldn't have said nothing. The scripture says his two oldest brothers and him went to this battle. He was there because of Saul. He needed to help Saul. He was really there just bringing food. Mm -hmm. But his lack of fear, in fact, it was his boldness that made him speak up and say, wait a minute, why is he talking trash against us? Right. Yes. So I'm going to put a stop to this. He started talking so loud, somebody told him actually to be quiet. One of the, one of the soldiers says, you, you, you're talking a lot of noise here, you need to be quiet, otherwise I'm going to tell the king. So they went and told the king, and David said, I'm repeating what I said when you weren't in the room. Amen. The scripture says he repeated, he rehearsed what he said. I'm not scared just because the king's here. Right. 
And that's the kind of boldness we need. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid of who Jesus is to us. Yes. He is on our side. And I will not be moved. I will not be afraid. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He said he was afraid. And he went and hid his talent in the ground. What an embarrassment to take your talent that the Lord has anointed you with and blessed you with and you couldn't do the, the meanest of things with that talent. Look what the Lord said to him. The Lord answered and said unto him, verse 26, Thou wicked and slowful servant, yes. thou knowest that I reap where I sow not and gathered where I have not shrewd. Thou oughtest therefore to put my money to the exchangers and then at my coming I should have received my own just, just to be clear, he said, you didn't even have to do anything to, to honor the talent I gave you. Right. You didn't have to. You just had to give it to somebody else. Right. You just had to not be in the way. Look, if you have an anointing and you decide you can't use it, don't get in the way of somebody else using theirs. At the least you can do is get out of the way and let somebody else, push somebody else and let them support them. That's the least you can do. If you can't do it, okay, I'm not gonna even argue with you. Don't get in the way of somebody else. Give it over to the money lenders. Give it over to somebody else who can help. Don't stand in the way of somebody else. It'd be a shame if I said to, to, to Minister Flag, um, yeah, if I can't play the drums, don't worry about it. What's that going to look like? Amen. Standing in the way of this? That doesn't make any sense. Does it? No. I'm not going to stand in your way. I'm going to promote you. I'm going to push you. I want you to go beyond what you're actually capable of and then help you when you, when you trip and fall so that we don't really all trip and fall. My desire isn't to see you limited to the way I'm thinking. My desire is for you to use your talent and push out and make it work. Push me beyond what I'm thinking. Don't think to you, don't look at me and say, he has all the ideas. No, he does not. Thank you, Jesus. I am where the Lord put me. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be a foundation and I want you to be a foundation with me. What is your talent? What are you capable of? The Lord has already put it in you. Don't go searching for it somewhere else. Search your heart. Yeah. Speak with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Pray and ask the Lord to help you to be not afraid, but to stand with boldness and faith and strength and hope. And we can do great things in the name of the Lord Jesus. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word.